New insights released this week by the Moana Project have shown an ongoing marine heatwave around New Zealand has broken records this year. To talk me through marine heatwaves and what they mean for New Zealand, I'm joined now by Niwa Metro- meteorologist Ben Knoll. Good morning, Ben. Kia ora. I'm going to start with a really basic question for you. What is a marine heatwave? Yeah, marine heat wave. So we look to see how far above average the ocean temperature is for a given location. Let's say the Tasman Sea or the Southern Ocean or coastal parts of Auckland. And we look to understand if it's been above the 90th percentile. So has it been very far above the average for a long period of time? And if that period of time exceeds five days, then we classify it as a marine heat wave. And in the case of New Zealand, We've seen our coastal seas experiencing marine heat wave conditions uh, since last November in some cases. So we've had one since last spring, lasted through summer, through the autumn season, and now into winter as well. And that has been connected or linked to a series of, of weather and, and climate extremes. So is that is that common for it to run that long? I mean, they, a marine heat wave could, as, as you say, be anything from five days to longer. That's right. So it is very unusual. And in fact, not really in terms of the records that we keep, not really represented historically. We know that for the summer season, the marine heat wave that is still ongoing, uh, it it, it was the most severe marine heat wave on record for parts of the North Island. The South Island, on the other hand, it was a pretty severe event, but the 2017-18 summer marine heat wave eclipsed it very, very slightly. But nevertheless, the fact that we've seen this year's event run into winter, I think really starts to separate it. And we have climate models that we can look out um, several seasons in advance. And they're starting to give us signs that there may be uh, another or a continuation of marine heat wave conditions or a re-strengthening of marine heat wave conditions later in this year. And that's, that's pretty alarming, pretty concerning, because we do know that in past marine heat waves, we've seen um, unusual impacts in terms of marine life, uh, we saw a sea sponge bleaching in the coastal part of Fiordland. Um, that was that was late last summer or the fall. We've seen unusual species of fish coming down from the tropical waters into our waters here in New Zealand um, as the seas as the seas warm up. It might probably a silly question, but if we're experiencing a marine heat wave here in New Zealand, does it mean that the whole country will be affected somehow, or can it often be something that happens on a west coast or an east coast? Yeah, and it can be a localized phenomenon. Um, Sometimes sometimes you do get um, small pockets that are either experiencing a more more severe marine heat wave, say the West Coast versus the East Coast. We do know with um, what we have, La Nina, that's a climate driver that exists in the equatorial Pacific Ocean, so say uh, about 8,000 kilometers well to our north. Um, But we know when we have La Nina conditions that we actually tend to have more northeasterly winds. And those northeasterly winds may, say, heat up the Tasman Sea more than they might heat up areas to the east of New Zealand. So uh, we can have different intensities of marine heat waves in, in different regions. But with the event that we've seen, pretty much there isn't a region that has been untouched. Um, and that's, I think that's you know, kind of the concerning bit. And even as I look at the map today, uh, late August, which you know during the winter we expect our seas to cool off as, as they have, but they've remained warmer than the long-term average. And when I say long-term term average, we look at the average ocean temperatures over a 30-year period, say 1991 to 2020. It's kind of an international standard. And right now, the Tasman Sea, it's probably more like what we'd expect to see, say, 
in the month of October or the month of September. So it's running, um, uh, you know, the, the, the change in terms of from a temporal scale, we're more like what we'd expect to see in, in spring rather than late winter. So Ben, how do these marine heat waves relate to the wild weather that we're seeing at the moment? Yeah, so one, one key uh, linkage would be with the warmer temperatures. Um, this winter is tracking to become one of Aotearoa, New Zealand's warmest winters on record. Um, we'll be kind of uh, looking at where it exactly ranks when all the data comes in. So we've got about 10, 10 odd days to go. Um, so that's one connection. We've had a lot of warm nights. We've had more humidity for, for winter standards. Um, and also with the, with the rainfall, uh, we know that a warmer atmosphere uh, can hold more moisture. Uh, there's a, a relationship such that for every degree Celsius we warm, it's about a 7% increase in, in the amount the atmosphere can, can hold in terms of moisture. And we've seen numerous um, atmospheric rivers, you probably heard the term, mm. in over the winter season. And these have, these have tracked into New Zealand where our, our seas are warmer. But what I'm interested in is actually the source region of these atmospheric rivers. So you, the likes of the waters north of Australia, or the, in the most recent case of the Nelson floods, they, it came down from New Caledonia. And New Caledonia's coastal waters over the course of the last several months have experienced a profound marine heat wave event. It has been exceedingly warm in New Caledonia. So we don't necessarily just have to be worried about what's happening locally, but also further afield, and then how that the flow-on effects for our weather patterns. So I think there's a, a very strong chance, you know, after these extreme events occur, there's something called attribution science where we can go back and understand how much more severe, say, a rainfall event was because we now live in a warmer planet. So I'd be very surprised if we didn't go back in, uh, for this most recent event for Nelson and find that um, because we live in a warmer world, the rainfall was more intense. Ben, uh, what can Nelson and Marlborough and the Wellington region expect over the coming days? Uh, hopefully some relief from the weather? Yeah, I think overall we are going through a, a period that is less intense in terms of the weather. Well, well deserved. Um, I do think that there is going to be a system in the midweek time period, I think around Wednesday, uh, Thursday, that could bring a bit of rain. But I don't think anything as intense as what we saw uh, last week. And in fact, for the country as a whole, as we go through the next uh, two weeks or so, ending meteorological winter, starting uh, meteorological spring, I do think there will be a bit of an easing. Um, however, we do know that with the climate drivers we have, basically who's at the wheel, uh, the steering wheel of Mother Nature's car? We have La Nina, and we also have something called the Indian Ocean Dipole. That is um, something that a climate driver to the north of Australia warm seas there. And we know when those two climate drivers uh, have, have each have a hand on the wheel, that can bring more, more of those, uh, those atmospheric river events. So while we may be going into a, a more relaxed pattern now, that doesn't necessarily mean that we might not see something again uh, at some point during spring. Thanks so much for your time this morning, Ben Noll there from NIWA.